Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. It is an exciting morning because we're continuing our study here in Hebrews chapter 11 on faith. I hope that you've been enjoying this series so far. I really enjoyed yesterday looking at Enoch. And today we're going to be continuing uh, looking through, well, we're going to be looking at a new character, but we're going to be looking at through Hebrews chapter 11, or going through Hebrews chapter 11, excuse me. And as we do this, uh, this is an interesting one because we're going to be looking at the life of Noah. We're going to be looking at the life of Noah. In fact, we're going to take just a few days on the life of Noah, and it is one of these these characters that I think we can learn so much from because he lived by so much faith, and faith truly affected his life. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the idea that faith affects our reception of God's Word. Faith affects our reception of God's Word, and it really, really does impact our life when we go and we truly grasp this idea of faith is how it's defined in Hebrews chapter 11, and we start applying it to our life, and we see that Noah applied it to his life. But let's look at our text here this morning. I'm going to read Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 7, and then we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 6. But Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 7 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, which he condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Wow, so we see here Noah, he was divinely warned of things not yet seen, and he moved with a godly fear, and he prepared an ark for the saving of his household. We are seeing here that faith affects the reception of God's word. But let's look at Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 22, so that we can kind of get a little bit of a story, a little bit of a grasp on what was going on here with Noah. And it says this, This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. I want to stop here for just a moment. Noah and Enoch are the only two that it talks about who walked with God in Scripture. So it's interesting that we see them here in the Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11, right next to each other, right back to back. But we continue on, and it says this, And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and I, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover the inside and outside with pitch. 
and this is how you shall make it. The length of it shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish uh, it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in in its side. You shall make it with lower and a third deck, and behold, I myself am bringing Flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh, which is the breath of life. Everything that is in the earth shall die, but I shall establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you and your sons, your wife, and your son's wife with you, and of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded. So he did. Isn't that an incredible story here? Now, of course, the the narrative continues if you continue reading Genesis, but it's incredible just to get this quick overview that God goes and he says, look, I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going to destroy the earth. But Noah, I'm going to save you because you're walking with me. And here, here's the plan. You need to go and build this boat. It's not a small boat. It's going to be a big boat. And if you do that, and you get your family on, your family's going to be saved. And of course, you got to go and save these animals too. But God told him to do this. And my favorite part of this verse or this passage is verse 22, where it says, Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Faith affects our reception of God's word. You know, at this point in time, it had not yet rained on the earth. It had not yet rained on the earth. But Noah took God at his word. There is no argument that's recorded. There's no debate or negotiations recorded. You know, he didn't go and say, well, Lord, you know, I know you're saying here it's supposed to be 300 cubits long, but I'm feeling more 297 cubits or I'm feeling more 200 cubits. He didn't do that. We just see that Noah accepted God's word. And why did he accept God's word without question and without debate? It's because he took him at his word. He believed him, or we could say it this way, Noah had real faith. Noah had real faith. He could agree with the statement. He could say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It is a title or a deed. God has promised that it is going to rain and there is going to be a salvation, but this salvation is going to come through an ark. That's what he could say. But then, It wasn't just that his mouth could say it. It was that his hands could go and do it. His hands and his feet went and completed the task. What an incredible thing. Even he did this when the task seemed perhaps impossible. Just think about the size of the ark. It was 300 cubits long. Wow, that's really long. How long's a cubit? Well, a cubit's about 18 inches. So that means it'd be about 450 feet long, or to put it in perspective, one and a half football fields long. That's pretty long. 75 cubits wide, well, that, or excuse me, 50 cubits wide, and that's 75 feet wide. Wow, that's pretty long. 
30 cubits high. That's 45 feet high. That's over four stories in the way that we go and think about it, right? If you got a 10-foot ceiling, you got a really tall ceiling. This is four plus change plus another half of that. I mean, this is probably more getting into five, maybe even six stories, depending on on how yeah, you know how low the ceilings are there uh, in, in in size. If we're going to go and and look at that, I mean, this is an incredibly large structure, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall. This is huge. Also, think about the reason for an ark. How many people would have gone and laughed at Noah because he's saying, "Look, a flood's coming." Why? Because God told me so. Noah probably didn't live by a large body of water. We don't know that for certain. But we know that it hadn't rained. We know that the earth had not yet been divided. And we don't really know what the, uh, what the prescription was for the, the amount of land versus water at that point in time either. We, we really don't know quite what the earth looked like at that, at that point. We can assume that there was less water on the earth before it ever flooded, before God flooded it. And people must have looked at him like he was crazy. In fact, they'd say, you're going against all reason, Noah. You're doing something completely unreasonable, building such a large structure. For what purpose? God's going to flood the earth. Oh, sure he is. Sure he is. But you know, isn't that kind of the same thing that we deal with as Christians, maybe on a smaller scale, but we, we, we believe that God is going to come and, and judge the earth once again. And so we might not be building a boat, but we're joining in with God to build his church, certainly. And people might look at you and wonder, well, well why don't you let your children go and, and you know, uh, play on this club sports team? Well, because they practice on Sunday. Well, so what? That's when you don't have school. Yeah, but we've got something more important than school. We've got this thing called church. We've got this thing called church. Well, I go to church too. Yeah, but you're not so faithful, are you? Yeah, people will look at you weird. People will look at you weird when you make these decisions. But the question is, is do you believe God at his word? If you believe God at his word, that just like he, he told Noah, look, I'm coming to judge the earth. God's coming to come back and judge the earth. That's what he does in his second coming. And so God told him, look, go and build an ark. And he gave us a commission. He goes, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He also told us that we're fellow laborers with God, with Christ. Well, what is Jesus building? He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. doesn't take much figuring out to see what we're co-laborers in. We're co-laborers in the building of his church. It's an ark. Get on the ark. Start building the ark. You see, it's not just that Noah went and he did an impossible thing for God or what would seemingly be impossible. It's not just that he went against all of the cultural current, but it's also that he stayed faithful for such a long time. You see, it, it, it took 120 years to build this ark. This is a look at faithfulness in the life of Noah it's not just that Noah heard God's word and he started to obey God's word, but it's that he finished obeying God's word. He finished that task. He was faithful every day for 120 years. This took true conviction of Noah. You know, some people can't be faithful for three weeks. 
Noah was faithful for 120 years. But the question comes, how is your reception of God's word? Remember, faith is a title or a deed. You may not have the flood right now. You may not have the judgment right now that God promised is coming. See, not all of God's promises are sunshine and rainbows, although granted, a rainbow did come out of this promise. God's promises are simply what he says is going to happen, and he does provide a way, an ark, for his Christians, for his people to go and to get on. And so we do need to listen to what God's saying, and we need to take him at his word. Remember that it is a title or deed. Sure, Jesus hasn't come back yet, and he hasn't come and, and, and judged the earth yet. It didn't happen in AD 70, for those who are curious. He, he hasn't gone and done that yet. And so we go and we look out and we say, it's still coming. And so we act as though we know that Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he comes back with a sword. We may not see yet what we've been told as Noah hasn't seen what he's been told, but we should still accept or receive it. You should still accept or receive it. And the question is, is do you accept and receive it? See, many times we fail in our reception of God's word. What's one thing that people do? They soften expectations. God wants you to be a living sacrifice. Well, on Sundays, maybe, and maybe even Wednesdays. Well, no, that's not what God said. He wants you to be a living sacrifice. There's not a time when we're supposed to get up off the altar. It's supposed to be there seven days a week. God wants you to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, when they don't offend me. No, even when they offend you, you're to love them. God wants you to serve in church. Well, when it fits my schedule, no, how about you try this contrary opinion? Because I'm, I'm sure that, that it didn't, it wasn't super, uh, you know, practical for Noah to go in to say, wait, you're going to give me this huge project? Uh, hold on, God, I've got these other 15 projects. I mean, Mrs. Noah still wants me to go in to finish the kitchen. But no, what did Noah do? He fit his schedule into God's schedule. He didn't try to fit God's schedule into his schedule. There was a paradigm shift. He went and he said, Lord, what is your schedule? I'm going to make what I have to do work and fit into your schedule. That's what he did. God was the Lord of his schedule. So many Christians don't have that today. Don't soften the expectation. You can't truly receive God's word in faith if you're softening the expectation. The other thing that we do is we soften the gospel, Right? Jesus is the only way to be saved. Well, until somebody dies and they were a really nice person. I mean, you know, they smiled at me twice and they gave me cookies once. Oh man, they must be in heaven. Well, no, it's not two smiles and a load of cookies that get you to heaven. It's not 2,000 smiles or 2 million smiles and 2 million cookies. It's not any of that. It's Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. The question is, is do they know Jesus? And when we soften the gospel, and this is so important, especially when it comes to funerals, and I know this is an uncomfortable truth. Trust me, I know. I've, I, I've stood before a pulpit many times when the person was not saved and I have to tell people the truth, the truth. And the truth is, is that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. I've done funerals of atheists, and I tell people who look out, and, and I don't know, maybe they appreciate Appreciate it. Maybe they don't, but I know the person who died sure certainly appreciates it, even if they're burning in hell, especially if they're burning in hell. And that is this. 
there is one message that they want you to know. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Because Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. And you need to believe in Jesus. Believe in the way of having a Hebrews 11 one type faith. Which of course has real evidences or what we would call repentance. A moral change in your life. Believing at the heart. I know this is a difficult truth. But think about the message we give if we go and we say, look, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. And then when somebody dies who rejected Christ their whole life and we go and we say, well, they were a nice person. They're in heaven. What are we telling that generation that we're trying to train up? And those around us, we're telling them that we didn't really believe the message that Jesus is the only way. We didn't really receive God's word when he came and he said that. We're saying it's not that serious. You can reject the gospel and still go to heaven. You don't need Jesus to get to the Father. Don't soften the gospel. Be like Noah. Receive God's word. See, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. We're going to see that here in a couple days. For 120 years, he preached righteousness. Many times, we fail in our faithfulness to the reception of God's word, we get tired of fighting spiritual battles. We start to believe that the opposition is just a little bit wrong, or maybe they're not even wrong at all. It's just a disagreement. But Noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years, and to, to our knowledge, he had zero converts other than his immediate family. Can you imagine that? I preached for a long time. I, I know I'm not very old, but I've, I, I've preached for, for, for well over a decade now. I, I can't imagine not having any converts other than your immediate family. But when we give up, when we don't see the blessing in the time that we believe that it should be, if we adopt the attitude that we have done it before and it didn't work, then what's going to happen? Well, we're going to miss the ark. Can you imagine if Noah would have given up, I truly believe that the only way that Noah was able to accomplish the ark is because God gave him the ark, the grace to finish the ark, and that grace was directly tied to him preaching. I don't think that, that Noah would have succeeded in building the ark if he had not first gone to the pulpit and preached and warned of that divine judgment that was coming. And I believe that's why God chose Noah. I don't think he looked out and said, I want to find the best ark builder. I don't think he looked out and said, I want to find the best carpenter. He found the man who was walking with God, and so therefore he knew God's heart. He knew how grieved God was by the sin, and he knew how much that God loved those who were going to die in that judgment if they didn't repent. And so he sent, he went and he found himself a preacher, and he gave him a task, and he says, look, here's the task, and I'm going to give you the grace to do it as long as you stay near to my heart. He knew that he would, and that's why he chose him. I believe that Noah was preaching with a hammer in his hand while people came to see the spectacle of this crazy man who was building the large structure, who was saying that it was going to rain in the town square, that judgment was coming. And what did Noah do when the crowds came? Well, in between strikes of that hammer, he went and he proclaimed the salvation that is only through God's provision, and God was providing an ark for them. And he said, get in. See, you need to remember God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him 
remain faithful. Keep at it. Don't give up the task that God has given you. And isn't that the the heartbeat of a shout of grace, that God has given you a task and he will give you the grace to complete it, but it comes through a shout of grace. But remember, Noah believed God. He took him at his word. He had the attitude that we need to adopt if you haven't adopted it yet. The attitude of God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And of course, Noah adds on, which what we should add on, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. Faith affects the reception of God's word. How are you receiving God's word today? These were some hard truths. If you were offended, well, I'm not really sorry, but I hope you get over it and keep listening tomorrow because Noah's got more to teach us, and this will build your faith when you listen to hard truths and you accept God's word in its simplicity. Let's close today. Let's depart with Joshua 1, 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Trusting in faith